This is Thomas with 3-7 Ventures. I want to invite you to the fight, the fight against human trafficking. Join this fight alongside our friends at Fight Coffee, an organization that puts 100% of its profits into stopping the traffic of human beings. Join the fight by joining them. Order your coffee from Fight Coffee. Go to fightcoffee.org now. Welcome to the 3-7 Podcast, brought to you by 3-7 Consulting. This is a show where you'll hear conversations about business, strategic alliance and partnership management, leadership growth, and more. Specifically, you'll get three takeaways from our three hosts every seven days. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the 3-7 Leadership Podcast, where being a frontline manager is honorable and mastering your craft is a duty. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about authenticity. What does it mean to be an authentic leader and build culture for your people? If you find today's discussion valuable, then I just want to remind you to subscribe. Uh, connect with us on LinkedIn where you're going to see us posting regularly about how to get better every week. And remember to spread the word. My name is Eric Loper. I'm an entrepreneur, executive, and investor. And I'm excited to share some of the things that made me successful. With me here today is my co-host, Chris Carlson. Chris, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm an engineer by trade. I'm a passionate people manager. I like to think of myself as an eternal student. And if I may be so bold, I'm an authentic people leader. So you have a sales perspective. You have an engineering perspective from two very different industries. uh, But we're both here today because we're passionate about helping people get better. And we're passionate about having people have amazing frontline managers. Yeah, and as we jump into that topic, I, I was just looking at a Gallup poll today that, that showed me that 80% of hiring decisions for management positions are ineffective. 80%? Wait, wait, wait. So they say that hiring somebody is like a million-dollar decision yeah. because you have their salary. You know, They're going to be in role for X amount of time. They have the salaries of all the people that they're going to hire, good or bad, and 85% of the time, people get that wrong. Yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. And so what I was asking myself is, is that because only that 20% of managers of hires can be good managers? Or is it something about how they're trained to be managers? And I know you're passionate about this subject. It's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. Right, right. It's have they been unlocked? Right. I, I know we're not talk, trying to talk about current events, but it does kind of remind me of like, Antonio Brown and, you know, the Seahawks, their people are asking like, well, would he be better in this environment because he'd be better coached by Pete Carroll than, than, than in a different environment. So it does kind of make you wonder, like, are, are they, are they there? They're not being successful because there's just them. They're the wrong person or they're just not in the right environment and they're not being coached to be successful. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it is like the 80, 20 rule. I, I firmly believe it's 80% how that person is developed. Now that same Gallup poll said that only 10% of the population is suited for managers, but you got to imagine that most of the people applying for manager positions are coming from that 10%. Right. And so once they get on board and, you know, and I learned early on as I became a manager, there's a lot of instruction on what you need to accomplish on how to be a manager. There's very little guidance on what it means to be an effective leader. Right. Okay, so I love this topic of the difference between management and leadership. 
What's your perspective on the difference? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think it through without all the memes popping in my head. That <laughs> Uh, you know, management is accomplishing the job. Right. And leadership is inspiring the person. Right. I love that definition. Yeah. Management is, you know, it's like the, I'm a game manager, right? Management is, I just achieved the objective. I delegated. I did the execution versus I really was deeper in, you know, what the purpose was and bringing people to that purpose. And, and in that instance, a leader is something that's much more sustainable, Right? Like a leader is, even if the job changes, I'm going to still show up and do the right thing. Yeah, and you can, you can be an effective manager to some extent without being a leader. Right. But if you are a great leader, you will be a good manager. Right, right. Okay, so let's tie this back to this concept for, of, of authenticity. Why do you think authenticity, in, in, as we think about authenticity, why do you think it matters? I think authenticity matters because trust matters. Like as humans, we work well with people that we trust. When we feel like we know what somebody's all about and we know why they're all about it, and we know how our relationship and our interaction with them is going to be, then we can do our best work because we feel safe to fail. We feel inspired to thrive and it just works as people. Right. So if I am a leader, it's more important that I'm authentic because people have to connect with me authentically. They have to connect with a deeper part of me than me just giving them instructions. As a manager, here's your instruction sheet. As a leader, people want to follow. I want to follow you. And so I'm not just following the instructions. I'm following you. Right. We're all looking for something, something and someone to be inspired by. And, you know, last week we talked about purpose and how important it is to have purpose. You could talk all day about purpose, but if you're not authentic, if I don't believe that you mean that purpose, the purpose is meaningless. Right. Yeah. I think this is so funny because you're in that place and you'll see like a big leadership change and everyone will be buzzing, trying to figure out what's behind this person. Right. And they'll be, they'll be analyzing everything. What did they say in that meeting? What did they say when I went up the elevator with them? What is the story from 10 years ago? about that person trying to figure out because leaders will shape the culture and they'll shape the environment, right? As we grow in our influence, we shape more and more and more of the lives of everybody every day. And so they're trying to figure out what is the authentic version of that person and can I trust them? Right. And when we don't know who we are ourselves, the people we work with just perceive that something is off. And so I had a manager that worked for me at one time and he was, you know, a deeply passionate person. He cared about his team. He was always, always, always trying to find ways to get better. In fact, he carried a little notebook around with him that had two pages of all the things he needs to be able to do better. And wait, wait, is that like, um, what's the guy in suits? He has the dic- dictaphone. <laughs> uh, Not that bad. Yeah, not that bad. Okay, all right. So he has a little notebook. What's he doing with a little notebook? Well, and so it was just like this constant weight that he carried around with him on how he could be a better manager. And it's not to say we don't always want to be inspired for growth. And we'll talk a little bit right. more about that. Right. But as I was talking to his team, what I was learning was that his team just didn't trust him. They felt like he had some sort of agenda or he was right. kissing up to the leadership because he was trying to manage in a certain way and he just wasn't coming across he's, as authentic. He's just trying to be everybody else. He's trying to be what everybody told him to be. Right. 
Well, I think that is like a, a good way to kick this off because I, I, I'm picturing that person who is the first time manager. And I think there's lessons in this for all of us. But, but when you put yourself in that first time doing it, it, it just makes it so clear. Because how many of us, you're there, now I'm a manager, I was a frontline contributor, and people are asking, maybe it's in an interview, and they're asking you, what's your leadership style? And you're already making the cake, and you don't know how, right? You're looking at it, and you're saying, well, uh, I am uh, um, good at empowering people and holding them accountable. And you back of your head, you're trying to think through, like, managers you liked and, and what mm-hmm. you're going to copy. And none of that projects confidence or builds trust. Right. Right. And so authentic, there is a piece of it, which is projecting confidence, demonstrating that you have competence in your role. There's also a piece which we talked about before, which is about having purpose and passion. Right. So I'm, I know why I'm in leadership. I know what I want to accomplish and I know that I'm good at it. I have some confidence in what I can do. Then this third piece is what am I doing for you? Because a part of that authentic, mm. the ability to be an effective manager is for there to be a real reason why I'm helpful for you. What is it that I can do for you? Because only once you establish that, that I have a purpose, that I can accomplish my purpose, and that it's effective for you, can you have that trusting relationship that comes from being an authentic leader? Right. And so this is where I feel like authenticity shapes culture. Mm-hmm. It, it, there is, what do I want the culture to be? But the reality is it's, it's not a, a set of things you write on a paper. It's how are you going to show up and lead people at two o'clock in the morning when you're tired and cranky and you still have to respond to an email, but like your authentic self, whatever filter veneer you want to put on the top of it, your authentic self as you're in the trenches with people is going to show up. Right. And that's a, it's a great segue to this idea that, once we know who we are and how we show up, we can't be afraid to talk about it with our people, right? Like communicating to people where our strengths are, where our opportunities are, how we might show up in different environments takes that uncertainty away. So somebody doesn't misread the fact that you show up differently in a room full of executives than you do in a one-on-one conversation with them. Right. It doesn't mean that you're a different person. How do you, how do you communicate that? Uh, well, I think when you're working with your own team, there's no reason to not just have that conversation up Just front. be direct. And I love to do it on day one when possible. Hey, as we start this relationship with me as your leader or me as your manager or your direct supervisor, here's some things that you should know about me and what it's like to work with me. Yeah, I've, I've taken to really doing the same thing. I mean, I do a, a deep onboarding with every person. And sometimes I think it's not as evident for people as you might think. So it's not as evident for them if maybe they don't have a lot of time and the only experience they have with me is in an executive review. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, in an executive review, we have 50 people sitting around the table. We have a long agenda. We have to get through things. And in that moment, things are going to be uh, more focused on how can we exchange information in a very concise, a very focused manner we're being really, really thoughtful and deliberate. And so those tend to be more of like my command moments and where I'm asking real precise questions. And they're surprised that that's a very different conversation from like if it's just me and that person one-on-one and we're digging into like, how can I make them better? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, in the Stephen Covey's book, The Speed of Trust, they talk a lot about how when there isn't trust, it just slows the entire process down. And so right. making sure that we have authenticity and trust in our relationships empowers us to move fast later. Right. And so if you're in that executive session and we need to drive the results, if there's trust and authenticity and frankly, if you've had a conversation ahead of time on how that conversation might look, the people just roll with it and you keep moving and you accomplish things. Right. I, I had this great uh, employee who was really, really awesome at learning. We had this just cycle where every week he would show up and say, here's what I learned. Here's what I'm practicing. And we start talking about escalations and I got uh, the chance to be really clear about what it's going to feel like in escalation. So listen, in escalation, I need you to be able to communicate the situation to me in 90 seconds or less. And I need to know how exactly it is that we can fix the situation next. I need to know what the opportunity is. And then I'm going to hit you with a bunch of precision questions just to try and understand if that's the right solution. Um, but don't come to me with the story or the why or the any of that stuff first. And it was awesome because we, we had this like practice session and then we ended up in like the heat. Like it's me, it's him, it's an executive. All the leadership team is just buzzing on this topic because big exposure and he was brilliant and he was fine. There wasn't like a Eric doesn't like me or like, you know, the, the, the leadership team. Cause we were just fact checking. Well, what's that? Tell me this. What is this? What is this? What is this? And so to your point, like the trust was there. And so there wasn't like, he didn't go home that night and go, okay, that experience, like, you know, just is, um, people, are they not okay with what I did? Or like, he wasn't any of that stuff. He, he was totally in this mode of, yes, let's just focus on the resolution. So how do you know your, how do you know your strengths? Like you're there. Okay, great. I'm a new manager. I want to be authentic. I want to have authentic culture-based approach, but how do you even start that part of being grounded and connected and having a deep understanding of either who you are or what your strengths are? Yeah. And you know, I hate the answer that it takes time, but to some extent, this stuff does take time. You need to understand what your technical strengths are. You need to understand what your communication style is. You need to understand what elements of leadership and what circumstances you feel most comfortable in. Yeah, the, the two things, so I agree. I, I think that it's going to evolve. So you but cut yourself some slack and know that you're going to have to keep revisiting it. The two things I've found that have been helpful, um, thing number one is, I, I mean, I love this idea of being strengths-focused. And so there's a bunch of different tools you can use for that. You can use Strengths Finder. You can use uh, Marcus Buckingham's got some good content, Simply Strengths. There's a disk assessment, Insights. There's a lot of tools that you can use that will teach you how you think mm -hmm. and what gives you energy. That's going to be really important. As a people manager, knowing what gives you energy and what doesn't, uh, because for the things that don't give you energy, you're going to have to explain that to your, to your team, right? You're going to have to explain to them, hey, I'm just going to acknowledge this is an area where I'm not good. I'm going to need your help. And then the other thing is I love this uh, concept. I think it's the Win Forever guys that put this together. Michael Gervais, Seahawks sports psychologist, of being able to state in 10 words or less what you're about. I, that, that's a hard thing. That's a hard task to go send you off to do, but it's a worthy 
task of trying to go down that path. Yeah, I'm just glad you're not asking me to do that. <laughs> Maybe we need to do that. Maybe that's a, a, a follow-up podcast. We'll, we will both share our life statements. <laughs> You'll write yours. I'll share mine. Uh, and we can talk about what that looks like. So I guess this is where we should probably turn to, to key takeaways and how we would think about this from an application perspective. Do you want to start? Yeah. I mean, so number one is don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to share with your team and your peers what your strengths and opportunities and style are. And don't be afraid to ask people to share theirs. I love that. I think that's such a great trust building opportunity to be able to say, here's who I am. Here's what I'm about. I'm growing, I'm learning, but here's what you can expect. Yeah. And that's a great example of how if you've been a manager for five years and you're going, how do I show up at work tomorrow and just change my approach? You just talk about it. Hey, I listened to a podcast over the weekend and I heard something that, that resonated with me and I want to try some things out. Right. Because people are going to see you as a learner, right? And they're going to know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. They're not going to look at it and go, okay, this is the latest experiment from Chris. And it's um, you know, the, the, the 15th time we've, we've heard this they're going to hear why that's why, like why that's important to you. Right. And when you don't share why people will assume one for themselves. (laughs) Right. Right. I think, you know, one for me is just can be okay with the fact that it's going to evolve. Like Mm -hmm. it will, you're, you are going to evolve as a leader. You should evolve as a leader. If you're listening to this podcast, you are going to get better. And so who you are today with the experience you have is different and hopefully you're, you continue to grow in your leadership capabilities and your scope and who you are as a leader of five people um, is you'll have a different set of skills when you're a leader of, of 200 people. Absolutely. And the other one I would add is that knowing who you are and be authentic, being authentically you does not mean that you don't adapt how you apply that to your circumstances. Okay. Tell me more about that. Well, so the way that I might show up in a one-on-one conversation with one of my employees and the way that I might show up in an executive presentation with the C-suite, I'm still going to be authentically me. I'm still going to be true to what I'm trying to accomplish. My purpose is still going to be the same. But one of them might be an intimate conversation. One of them might be a strategic presentation. Um, And it's not just style. There's just this idea of perception matters and understanding our environment and who we're working with and reacting to those people is going to be different based on who we're working with and what the circumstances are. So you can be authentic and yet adapt and have situational leadership. Yeah, you need to. Love it. All right, well, I think that puts us a time for today. Now, if you hear something that speaks to you, we just wanna let you know that we're here to help. Uh, We are passionate about helping business leaders transform, particularly frontline managers and helping you be successful with your team members. And so we're here, we're available. We're here to help you with, you know, individual coaching or help you as you grow and lead in your business. And we did ask you to think about and uh, look for the content that we have on LinkedIn. We ask if you find those things valuable that you would share them. Great. We look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for listening to the three, seven podcast brought to you by 3-7 Consulting. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And we'd love to connect. Give us a follow on LinkedIn and learn more about what we do at 37consulting.com. That's the number three, 
S-E-V-E-N consulting.com. We'll see you next time.